Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, she is moments away with details on the gardening Santa as well and Han Nursery to start things off. But I want to remind everyone, we always begin the program by reminding you, if you have a gardening question for Doug Oster, DougOster.com. First come, first serve. I highly urge you to start dialing now, 866-391-1020. And if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you win a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Sorgles out there off the Wexford exit. Now, here he is, ladies and gentlemen, ready to get going again. Everything that's gardening and, of course, great gifts for gardeners as the holiday season is upon us. Many things to discuss. Here is Doug Oster. Hey, Doug, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. A little snow yesterday. That's, uh, that's, the, that's the first uh, that I've seen uh, that actually stuck, but... I was out this morning walking the dogs, and it's already melting. So planting continues, believe it or not. Uh, but before we start talking about that, I want to tell you all about next week's appearance of the Gardening Santa. We'll be at Han Nursery next Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. outdoors with plenty of social distancing again. It is absolutely free, and you can get a great picture with Santa in his sleigh. A big thank you to the Perrysville Volunteer Fire Company, Station 248. For loaning us this uh, beautiful sleigh. This is the second year we've used it. And everyone is welcome. As I said, it's absolutely free. You can get great pictures, kids, the family together, whatever you want. And, of course, uh, what's become a big deal is pets. Pets are, are welcome. And uh, we do more pets, I think, than kids anymore. So it's kind of fun. And Santa will have uh, all sorts of special gifts for any gardeners that stop by, maybe even some garlic bulbs to plant. Uh, the gift that keeps on giving, and yes, believe it or not, even though there was snow on the ground yesterday and maybe today, maybe tomorrow, it's going to warm up. And as long as that ground is not frozen, there's still time to do some planting, and that means garlic, uh, bulbs. Uh, you know, I've seen uh, nurseries that still have bulbs. are almost giving them away, and you can sneak them in right now. And in, even a tree, you can get a tree in right now. Uh, I know that it's... Awful cold out there, but I, I've, I've got still lots of lots of bulbs yet to plant. <laughs> and as I always talk about, I use my power planter auger to make life uh, a little easier. Uh, later this morning, Mrs. Know-it-all will explain how to protect plants from winter winds, from freezes, and from critters, too. Uh, I visited uh, Phipps Winter Flower Show, Holiday Magic. I got a lot of photos on my Facebook page. And it's a really great show. I was there to film a piece for Pittsburgh Today Live. I'll let you know when that uh, is going to be on. And, uh, oh, it's a cool show. And also, uh, you know, if you do get to go to the Winter Flower Show at Phipps, 
Be sure to check out all the other rooms too, uh, especially the orchid room. That is my one of my favorite rooms. I love to poke around in there. I posted a bunch of pictures yesterday uh, from there, and still putting some stuff to sleep, uh, still putting uh, the figs to sleep. And so there's a couple different ways that that I do it. Why do we grow figs? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I grow figs, I guess, because my wife's Italian. And uh, when we went to Italy for our 25th, and that was 15 years ago or longer, uh, her cousin had this field of fig trees. And, you know, you just pick them right off the tree, and they're nice and warm. And so they're really, uh, I guess, a tradition to grow here, but they're difficult to grow here. And so I'm, I I winter. They need protection when they're wintered over, and I do it a couple different ways. And there are a couple different ways to do it. Uh, one of my plants is in a container, and uh, a pretty big container, 15 gallons, maybe a little bigger. And that one goes into an unheated greenhouse. But what you could do if you had it in a container, and a lot of people do this, is they just put it in the dormancy. They just drag that uh, container into like an unheated garage. As long as it doesn't get like below 10 degrees, you'll be okay. And then pull it back out in the spring. Uh, then for my big tree, and I, I've got this information from my friend Steve Biggs. Uh, he's a, a fig expert in Toronto. If he can grow figs in Toronto, we should be able to grow them here. And using his information, I actually picked a lot of figs this year. It didn't hurt that we had a long, long season, too. And so that big tree, what I do is I'll hack off some of it, you know, uh, make it manageable, kind of tie it up into a, a column, dig out one side of the roots and just kind of flip it over on its side. And then all I'm doing is I'm putting bales of straw on top of the root zone and the plant itself to winter it over, and that was very effective last year. When I roll those you know, by the end of, by all the way till we get to next year, those straw bales are heavy. They've been soaked. And so I just roll them off the plant itself, and then I use those uh, for straw bale gardening, uh, which we'll talk about in the spring. Uh, but that was a great way to overwinter my fig. And like I said, you know, I got, I got tons of figs off it this year, which was great. Let's see, what else to talk about? Oh, I'd love for you to give me a call. Uh, this is the time of the year when there's plenty of room for callers and would love to hear how your garden season was. You know, you don't have to have a question. What was your biggest success or failure? You know, those failures teach us lessons in the garden, but I don't dwell on them. You know what I always say, if, if something dies, I just say something happened to it before I got it. <laughs> I guess for me, uh, just not getting stuff planted you know i get so much stuff sent to me and then i put it in a nursery bed to to winter it over and i've got lots of stuff out there a nursery bed is just a an area with some decent soil where you stick a plant for now until you find a good spot for it for its permanent location then you transplant it well i've had some stuff in those nursery beds for probably two seasons you know some perennials and some little shrubs and somebody sent me some more shrubs and i'm gonna heal those in uh but success-wise, I guess one of the most exciting things for me was seeing my Stewardia tree bloom. And, you know, so that's a, that's a three-year project, you know, figuring out, you know, where my Stewardia would be happy. A Stewardia is a, is a, a tree I've wanted to grow forever. Uh, I love it because it has these beautiful peony-like white blossoms with yellow centers uh, in 
early summer or late spring. And, you know, I put the, I put the tree in, I sighted it where, you know, right place, you know, right tree. We always say that has plenty of room to do its thing, has the right lighting conditions, right soil conditions. And I was just surprised when I came around the corner and there it was blooming. It's that first time that you see something that you've wanted to see for so long, you know, that you've, you've dreamed about planting and seeing it come to fruition. And you just, you come around the corner and like, Oh my gosh, the already is blooming. You know, you go running into the house and bringing people out, take it, take a look, take a look. It's blooming. You know, when you walk by there with the dogs, be sure to look at it. Uh, so that was my, my exciting news for the year, but you know, good year for peppers. Uh, I heard a lot of people that really had great year for peppers. I still have, believe it or not, I still have some peppers in that unheated greenhouse. Uh, any day that we get sun and you have an unheated little greenhouse, uh, those things persist. I, I still have impatience, and there are all sorts of tender crops in there. You know, I try to extend them, get as much color as I can for as long as I can. Uh, old kit greenhouse, you know, back in the day, if you look ever look through an old gardening magazine, there are lots of different companies that offered uh, different greenhouses where they'd ship it to you flat and you'd put it together, and somebody did here, and it's just awesome. So give me a call. Tell me about your successes and failures at 866-391-1020. Uh, don't be shy. Uh, people often tell me after the show, you know, answer questions after the show via email, and they say, oh, I'm just too shy to call. I I don't see it as being on the radio. I see it as, as a, you and I just talking about gardening. So if you've got anything you want to talk about with the garden, give us a call. Okay, Rob, you ready for a little break? I am ready for a little break. We'll take a short one and come back. Kathy and Imperial has a question for Doug. If you'd like to join him, please do so by calling us at 866-391-1020 or Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. All right, lots of calls for Doug, so let's dive right in. As promised, first stop, Imperial. Here's Kathy on KDK. Hey, Kath, good morning. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Good. Doing good. Okay, I'm definitely not shy, so I called to ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I live, my house is at least 105 years old, if not more, and I've seen pictures of it from the 20s and 30s, and there are two quince bushes in my backyard and one in the front. Are you? Do you have an experience with the fruit quince? A little bit. Uh, so, the bush variety. You're getting the red flowers. Is that what we're talking about? Are we talking about a variety that's giving you like a thing that looks like an apple? Well, it does. It blooms beautiful red, like a, a almost like an orange red flower in the spring. And then we do get the little fruit that looks like a little small apple on it. Okay, I think there's two different varieties. I think there's the ornamental, and Mrs. Know-it-all will have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is how it works. I think there's one that it blooms right around when the first Scythia bloom, and it's more shrub-like. Yes. But then there's one that's more tree-like that gives you a, a big fruit, you know, like, I mean, like, seriously, the size of an apple. And mm-hmm. uh, I can remember way back, you know, somebody – you know, they had the same sort of situation where they had an older house and they didn't know what they had. And, uh, you know, I just send the pictures to my friends at Davy, and that's when they identified it as a quince because you don't see the fruit very much. 
uh, anymore. That's but what I, the reason I called you is because I would love to try to make like quince jelly or something out of it, but I don't know if it's safe to, to, to use the fruit for consumption. So that was one of my biggest questions for calling you. It is when you're talking, this is not a tree. This is a bush. And the, the quince apples are like a very small little plum. They're, they're not big. They're almost yeah. like the size of an apricot, you know? You know what? I'm, I'll, so, when we get into the news break, I'll do a little bit of research. I think I'm, I'm correct here in that there's two different varieties. One is the shrub. One is like the big thing. But we'll see what, which one we make the jelly out of, and uh, I'll answer the question as soon as we come back from the 730 news break, okay? Okay. I just want to know if it's safe to be edible, and thank you so much. Oh, we'll figure it out. Thank you. All right, here's Kim in Wexford for Doug. Hey, Kim. Hey, I'm wondering, every year I am a total failure at carrots and radishes. They grow real straight and skinny instead of, you know, plump, and I was wondering how I can remedy that. One of the things that's going to help you is, is both those plants really like kind of a, a very a, a fertile but sandy sort of soil. Uh, uh-huh. I like to I like to really amend the soil with a lot of compost. It has to be loose, you know, loose and and kind of a uh, a nice loam for for that sort of thing. Let's start with the radishes because one of the first things with radishes is getting them in early. Uh, they they don't like hot weather, and so a lot of times people will plant them later in the season. But you know, as long as the soil can be worked, you know, that it's not too wet, uh, you know that. Mid-April, late April is a great time to start radishes. The other thing is always with those two crops, with carrots and radishes, we have to be sure that they've got plenty of space to do their thing. So you've, you've got to religiously thin those uh, and okay. give them the space to, to, to get bigger. But with root crops that aren't you know, forming a big enough root, we need to always look at the soil. You might think about getting a soil test, which is pretty inexpensive. It's a $9 soil test from the Penn State Cooperative Extension just to see where the pH is because a lot of times we'll use beets as an indicator uh, where if everything's growing pretty good, you know, tomatoes, peppers, that sort of thing, but you have beets that won't head up, you know the soil's decent. A lot of times we see pH issues there. Uh, again, with the carrots, they take a long time to, to, to sprout, so a lot of times I will put radish and carrot seeds together, actually, kind of mix them together and put them out there, and many times we'll get those radishes first, and as we're pulling out the radishes, that's thinning it out and giving space for the carrots. So start off with just amending the soil with lots of compost, keeping it nice and loose, and that's going to help you a, a lot with getting those radishes and the, the carrots to head up. There's, there's just nothing like those. Uh, both of those early in the spring, you know, picking carrots and, and radishes—they're just—they're just absolutely wonderful. And I think if you work on the soil a little bit, you'll be in good shape. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. So, so even in November, Doug, for gardeners, spring ring, rings eternal, does it not? <laughs> it sure does. You know, uh, even now I'm I'm planning. You know, and I, I should have. It's like it's crunch time. Uh, I'm trying to get things done not just in the garden, but around the house, too. You know, little painting projects and even outdoor wood putty projects, and i got to wait until we get back to the 40s to get that stuff. It's, it's always, you know, a rush at the end. I've had these, these, I've had these daffodil bulbs sitting here forever, 
and I got some in yesterday, and I'm going to get some more in hopefully today. But, you know, again, I'm looking at the weather. I don't want to be out there in the rain. <laughs> I don't care if it's cold. But, yeah, just trying to get everything in place and, and uh, then start dreaming about what's going to happen next year. I still do have to flip that uh, – fig tree on its side that has to be done today along with uh i have a hardy banana and i'm just going to cut that hardy banana off like a it's a big giant tree and then put some landscape fabric on top of it and then lots of straw uh to keep that thing happy for for the winter uh actually jessica walliser used to um host the show with me she wants a piece of that hardy banana because i sent a i had a picture on uh social media where uh you know it was you know 20 feet tall so she's like i want one of those i'm like you got it in the spring all right rob all right we're gonna take a break we'll come back more calls mrs know-it-all as well next hour leftover turkey recipes the coons cooking hour heffron tillotson's your money and you and a big day for Pitt yesterday on the football field that the steelers and bengals in cincinnati today coons market black and gold sunday show at 11 a.m rob pratt sunday odyssey 100.1 fm a.m 10 20 kdka all right, we have a couple of more thoughts from Doug on uh, Kathy's incredibly great call from Imperial earlier about a unique plant. So, Doug, go right ahead. Yeah, I, I was right, uh, and I got a, uh, did a little research, and then I got a nice text from Randy Sorgel uh, before I get into the quince. Uh, you should go to DougOster.com. There's a, a little video of Randy showing how to open up a Blue Hubbard squash. Uh, you know, Jessica and I made – pumpkin pies out of Blue Hubbard squash when we used to do the Giant Eagle Market District uh, appearances. And so I just wanted wanted to have him show show me, show you how to open one up. Uh, I know it's past pumpkin pie season, but well, you can have pumpkin pie uh, anytime, you know. <laughs> so check that out. But for the quinces, yeah, there's a, there's a tree shrub that makes, you know, a bigger fruit, like an apple-sized fruit that's edible, but also the flowering variety that makes the little fruit that you know, that's fine to make preserves of also and so there's lots of recipes online on, on how to do that so it's, it's two different quinces the the flowering one which we're probably most familiar with are these beautiful red flowers about the time forsythia bloom and then the other one which uh, again it was a very popular fruit in its day but it's kind of fallen out of fla- favor and flavor <laughs> like i said about the size of an apple and it kind of looks like an apple all right, Rob, any calls? We're going to get to those calls right after I tell people. If you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you'll win a gift certificate from Janoski's. You know, Doug, real quick, yesterday was Pittsburgh's 263rd birthday on November 27, 1758. So I guess it's safe to say there was a lot of gardening going on back then, huh? Well, it's interesting. I did a story way back about Pittsburgh's first garden, and that was at Fort Pitt. And there's some a little bit of interesting information about how they grew uh, down there at Fort Pitt because they would grow three times what they could possibly use, assuming that you know they would they would they would lose that much over the winter. A lot of potatoes and cabbage and things that would store in in a root root cellar. And the other thing was that their their way to to <laughs> Battle Pest was sending the kids and the women. This is this is them. This is this is the, that. I'm not saying this. This is what I read. Kids and women out with like sticks to to scare away the uh, grasshoppers. The grasshoppers were so bad one year. And so yeah, uh, that was Pittsburgh's first garden. You could probably find the story online. I think it was back when I was with the Post Gazette. All right, let's go to the phones and say hi to Gene in the North Hills. Hi, Gene. 
Yes, good morning. Uh, I always learn something when I'm calling about something else, but I do have that uh, quince bush, and it, it is. It's beautiful. It has a little bit of a thorn you have to sort of watch. I cut some of them off for, uh, to make an arrangement with them. But I realized I did not know that I could maybe use them, uh, the fruit that comes off of it. My aunt had a tree of quince, and we always made the quince jelly, which is delicious like honey. <laughs> but my question is, I have a vinca vine that I planted along the side of the house, and now it's going into my front flower bed. And I've I had my son-in-law weed whack some of it, but I didn't want to destroy my other plants in there. How do I get rid of that other than just pulling it out all the time? Oh, man. If it's, is it the vinca that makes the little purple flowers? In the yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there's a couple different ways to look at this. You could turn your thinking around and say, oh, I love this plant and its little blue flowers, and then you won't have to ever worry about it because it's going to be almost impossible to get rid of. Uh, weed whacking it you know, from the edges is a good alternative. Um, it's just... It's one of those things that once it's there, it's pretty much always going to be there. And so uh, you could get in there and 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 dig some of that out, but it's it's going to be hard. Um, usually with a plant like that, I just tell people try and try and just enjoy it because <laughs> it's it's you know indestructible and just does its thing. Do you have a lot of other plants in there? Is that the problem? Well, I have a a. Um... Oh, azalea that I I've definitely tried to get away from the uh, you know the tree because I don't want it to destroy that. But I, I just keep working at it, and I guess that's all I'll have to do because I do you have know, that that vinca under the azalea is not going to be such a bad thing. It's going to be okay. Uh, the only thing you would want to do, uh, you know, though again, there's a couple different ways you could get in there. Uh, you know, take all that vinca out of there that's under the azalea and then keep mulching it and, and try and keep up on and, and try and, you know, like put uh, seven to ten layers of wet newspaper down there and then mulch over that to try and kind of stop it from coming back. But eventually it will come back. But that would give you a little bit of a buffer. And then the other thing is if you just let it go underneath there, it wouldn't be the worst thing for the azalea. But I would just feed the azalea something like holly tone. It's very easy to find. It's a great okay. organic fertilizer from a spoma. That, it's been around since the 1930s. It's, it just makes azaleas and rhododendrons and hollies and any acid-loving plant, it makes them go crazy. And so if you really didn't want to sweat the, the vinca, throw let it do its thing, and then just okay. fertilize the azalea. Because I, I do, especially, okay. uh, I have a lot of bulbs in there, so they come up through, they'll come up through in the spring, so yeah, I guess I'll, I'll just leave it yeah. go. <laughs> okay, I, I, thank I would, you so much gonna, for your help, and I'm glad much. I was able to find out about the quince. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, let's do one more before the break. Uh, let's go to Robert Spring Hill. Up next for Doug Oster, DougOster.com, Organic Gardener, KDKA. Hey, Robert. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you can help me because, you know, I don't have a picture. But along my hillside, there's a bunch of, I, I won't call them trees, won't call them bushes. 
because they're like open branches. They're green, and they have like red berries on them. Do you know what they might be? Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. That's all I needed to know. Uh, So how big does it get? Probably about five feet. It's open branches, and there's like maybe uh, leaves and like four red berries, and then another. I was thinking like a Cerber berry tree. Is is that what it's called? Oh, service berry maybe. That's a possibility. Is it is it is it a tree that that I mean comes back and looks like a tree every year, or is it something that comes up and then in the winter it's gone? No, it it's always there. The branches are always there, kind of gnarly looking. I was is there something called a bloodberry or something? Boy, I would love berry. to see a picture, even a picture of the without the berry on it would get us close. Um, if you go to dougoster dot com, when you go to that contact button, you can't send a picture that way, but it gets you to my email. And then we can start talking about it, and we'll narrow it down and figure out what it is. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, at my house, I have a side window in my kitchen, and there's like three of them, and they provide shade in the summer for I have uh, mushroom logs. And so oh, cool. it, it's really great. I was just wondering what they were. You know, real quick, tell me about those mushroom logs. i got about a minute. He doesn't even have a minute because he has since gone, Doug. <laughs> All right. He's done. All right, listen. Well, let he, me talk real quickly about yeah, mushroom logs. Go ahead. Uh, you know, people will will grow, will, will buy mushroom spore and drill holes in logs and have to be a certain age, you know, uh, and they'll, they'll have those in a shady spot, a wet spot, and harvest mushrooms off them. I, you know, it's kind of cool. All right, Mrs. Know-It-All coming up next. Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, com, the Organic Gardener, Rob Pratt Sunday. Next hour, turkey leftovers. It's uh, the Coons Cooking Hour, so stay with us. Much more to come. We're with you until 1 o'clock today at Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. Yes, he is for about five more minutes, and being that it's the last segment of the show, that means it's time for, tell him, Doug. It's time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's horticulturalist Denise Schreiber. She's going to tell us all about protecting those plants from wind, freezes, and critters. And before we came on in the break, we were talking about the biggest four-legged critter (laughs) that that roams the neighborhood. (laughs) No, actually, what I like to do for the winter, I have an ornamental peach, and they're not reliably hardy here. So I like to cover it up. I don't cover up the top, but I wrap it around with uh, burlap or, you know, for where it is, I can wrap it up with like an old sheet and just put twine around it. And anytime you're going to protect plants that you want to winter over, it's always a really good idea to keep them well watered ahead of time, you know, just to kind of give them that little extra bit of moisture for the winter winds. Now, why, why, why leave the top open? Because you still wanted to get some sunlight. Okay. You know, so, you know, even though you can get some through some materials, you know, it's best to leave it open that way. And there, the twine actually keeps the plant together. So if we have a heavy wet snow, it doesn't open it up. And sometimes heavy wet snow will actually break branches. And then for some of my plants, especially the broadleaf evergreens like azaleas or rhododendrons, 
I like to use uh, a product called Wiltproof, and it's what they call an anti-desiccant, and it helps them retain the moisture in the leaves. You will see rhododendron leaves. They kind of droop down in the winter, and that's actually um, part of their physiology, that it's a way of helping them to retain their moisture rather than having them upright. But using a anti-desiccant actually helps them get through the winter just in case, because sometimes we have those freaky winters, you know, where it gets super, super cold, and then we lose plants that we don't expect to. And then, you and know, we a, have Bambi, spray, as we right? were talking about, and you can actually use, there's a number of products out there. Quit hanging the Irish soap. Get, get, get past that. You, you look like the crazy person in your neighborhood. And I will use either Bobix or Plant Skid, um, Liquid Fence, one of them. And what I like to do, actually, is I'll have two of them, two different types, because they have different modes of action. And I will alternate them so the deer don't get used to that taste or decide, yeah, I can eat this and, you know, spit out the bad taste later. So that's something you want to do. If we have a lot of rain, you should apply them every two weeks. If we're having a lot of snow, every three weeks is fine. And there's direction. Don't overdo it. You know, read the directions. What I like to do is I like to go out in the late afternoon and do all those sprays because, let's face it, eh, some of them don't smell so hot. And even if there's no wind, you'll walk in the house and the dog and the cat are going to go, where have you been? So I like to do that right before I'm going to come back into the house and take a shower and the clothes go right into the laundry. But those all are right, some of the great, great stuff, Mrs. Know-it-all. Sure appreciate it. And, uh have a great uh, winter <laughs> garden day. <laughs> she was laughing at me uh, off the air that I was still planting bulbs. Now, uh, go to DougOster.com. I'll be answering questions there after the show. Uh, remember that next week, next Sunday, uh, uh, the Gardening Santa will be at Han Nursery from 1 to 4, uh, next Sunday and the Sunday after, actually. And it's free. Anybody can come. And it's especially a fun thing for pets. I'll be up in, or Santa will be up in a sleigh, and so you'll have some social distance there. Uh, at dogoster.com, I've got some beautiful garden essays, uh, uh, some information about getting the garden ready for winter, about putting those figs down for the for the winter. There's still time to do that if you happen to have a fig tree out there. And I've got a few seats left for that May trip to London and Holland. I hope you can come with me. Now, remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug, have a great week. Stay with us. Sakoon's Cooking Hour, turkey leftovers in just a couple of moments. Good morning. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.